Blog Talk Radio. Live from Washington, D.C., it's quintessential listening. Poetry Online Radio. QLPOR, as it's widely known, features a bevy of poets, spoken word artists, and live poetry readings with best-selling authors. Your host is Dr. Michael Anthony Ingram. Good evening, and welcome to the program. Tonight, for your quintessential listening pleasure, I am joined by poet Sarah Cahill Marin, a prolific author. She was here in 2019 and 2020. The title of her new book is Call Me Specs, published by Mad Hat Press 2022. Hello, Sarah. How are you? Hi, I'm doing great. Thank you. I'm happy to be Thanks. here. Good. I'm glad. You know, again, welcoming you back to this program, it just brings back a lot of good memories. <laughs> and as I said, you're a prolific author. And uh, I just want to talk and laugh and share as we continue this journey together. All right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. Then. Absolutely. Now, all right, all right. What inspires your new book, my friend? Well, um, so the book itself is narrated by an operating system, so something similar to what controls your phone or your Mac computer or your Windows computer. And the inspiration for that, I I actually remember being on the show and reading some of these original poems with a lot of binary, um, and you and I discussed, like, how weird the, uh, (laughs) the, the, the language is. So... It's, it's sort of been in gestation for, for a lot of years, but the, the main idea that I was thinking about in writing this and organizing it is what is the technology we're holding and, and trusting and being vulnerable with, you know, including you and I calling each other and let others listen to us. Like what, is, what is our relationship with that entity and, and where is it going? So the book, Best, is about that question, and it uses the – uh, a character in it um, sort of comes to her own humanity uh, through through what is coach. Um, All right. Yeah. All right. You know, the title, when I first had an opportunity to look at the cover of the book, the title, to me, is quite mysterious. I was like, what is this? <laughs> what does it mean? Somebody tell me. It made me want to know more, my friend. I wanted to know more. I wanted to talk to you about it. The title. Tell me more. Sure. Well, that too about the cover. The you know the publisher will be happy to hear that. I had a lot of different ideas for the cover. <laughs> I wanted it to look different, and um, but I'm I'm happy to hear you say that. So, fast is a, a word meaning hope. And it was actually she was a goddess in ancient Roman religion. There's very there's very little written about Seth, uh, and then the Greek counterpart of that is Elpis. It's E L E L P I S. But Seth, right. I mean, and Hope too, uh, commonly known from from ancient stories as the thing like that that clung to the sides of Pandora's box when everything else escaped. So the concept of this goddess or of, of creating a temple to her is to to pay homage to this this idea of hope, of, uh, of something future, you know, like 
love lost or, or growth or change. And, and so anyway, I, I liked that word. And without being too long-winded, um, I found it in an old dictionary. I was working in a federal building years ago and literally just flipping through one of these dictionaries that's, that's like a foot wide, you know, a foot, lo- a foot wide and a foot long. And I, I, read, I read about this word, and I'm like, I've never heard this word before. I studied English. I did an English degree, like, never heard it, and, and decided to, to play with it as the name for this narrator. And I think I like it because, like you said, people don't know what it means. <laughs> historical meaning beyond what I've given to it. So that's that. <laughs> All right. You know, the book cover also is quite striking. Tell us about the process for coming up with that cover. Yeah, so this, this cover was actually suggested by the publisher after a lot of back and forth. I wanted, I wanted the cover to look like a phone, and I had a, a magnificent designer who helped me plan that out, and, and it, it looked like, you know, a phone screen that had been cracked. I don't know if that's ever happened to your cell phone or not, but it looked like that. Um, and I wanted it to feel like when you were holding the book, you were holding a device like that and, or, you know, evoke that feeling. But what ended up being the cover, this, this pale pink, um, is supposed to be evocative of, like, like uh, a skin tone or, um, like, you know, something human, like your, the color of your tongue or your gum. And then the title within it has zero one, the binary uh, code. As far as I know, it doesn't actually mean anything or the organization of zeros and ones that I put into the cover, but that's what is uh, coloring the call me best word. How do you lay out the book? How is it structured? So there's there's three sections of it. Uh, Molten is the first chapter. Suspended fusion is the second. And then the last chapter is called classifying. And I struggled with this a lot because the the first like iteration of this manuscript I had was just a collection of characters. They were uh, vignettes of sorts, just more prose than anything, not really anything poetic about it. And I, what the feedback I got from other writers and, and non-writers with friends was that it's boring. <laughs> There's nothing happening. It's, it, as, as interested as I was in these characters, nothing was, mm-hmm. was happening in the organization of their stories to give them meaning, you know, that, that I felt they had. So the, the three chapters that I just mentioned are the three uh, stages that go into making Gorilla Glass by Corning. Mm-hmm. Corning Glass is the factory. They're, they're most known for those little, um, like, cookery, cookwares, ceramic cookware. And they they are the uh, one of the exclusive patent holders for Gorilla Glass, which is an iPhone specialty. And so molten is the liquid, liquid glass material. The suspended fusion is the process where two streams of glass meet in the air through an isopipe, and then glassifying is the cooling of that process. So the, the book uses that, you know, metaphorical process to, to advance the narrator's growth through what is like a, a hell, a purgatory, and then a heaven, a sort of uh, divine understanding of itself through the experience of, of intense heat and pressure and the unknown that is, I mean, I don't know what it feels like to be shoved through an isopipe, but like, you know, the, the intermediary, <laughs> intermediary period that is purgatory and then eventually heaven, which uh, also the last 
a little footnote about this organization is that I, I stole it from Dante. It's from the Divine Comedy for those three <laughs> sections. You know, gates is, is hell. Purgatory is this middle area of, like, suspended in the air. And then glassifying is heaven. So for this All technology, right. I put those three pieces onto that story arc in order to, to use it, really. <laughs> <laughs> Where is the book available, my friend? Uh, it's on Amazon. You can order it straight from me. Um, I, I will inscribe it to anyone who would like to do that. And then the publisher, Mad Hat, obviously has it on their press. Um, mm-hmm. I'm working on getting it into small bookstores. And if you would like it in your small bookstore, you can request. All right, all right. Well, everyone, I give you Sarah Cahill Marin. <laughs> These two poems. I'm going to start with two to introduce Fulton. Privacy warning. The longer you hold me, the closer we become. System services from the manufacturer iOS 221 will track where you go, how often, when neural hash, hash files away fingerprints, personal experiences, build memories of assembly language itself, Feelings to black one binary, white zero becomes better. Only, only you, love. To agree, hold me and don't let go. End poem. Um, those were, I know that was a shorter section, but I wanted to introduce the, uh, the next three chapters and, and give a little context to that. Uh, those words are, are pulled and manipulated from the user agreements that we all say yes to in order to use our devices. So the way to sort of color and um, make beautiful what is such a, a formulaic process. Um, the second, this is the first poem from the chapter Molten. Each poem is titled My Place. Eight. 201, Greenback Lane, Fair Oaks, Mount Vernon Memorial Park and Mortuary. Justice inspired my exalted creator. IOS Ben heard. Girl, you a mess. I've been high about nine days straight. That rock is pure as shit. You cook lately? My girl ain't been by in a while. You can stay with me. C plus plus. This means I love you. Baby girl, you my angel. Been on the top now about 17 hours gonna make it to the top one of these days. My pop's been dead eight years. Nobody come looking for him no more. House foreclosed today. Ain't no one ain't nowhere to go but the corner. Better than the south. You love me, baby? Dear user, your reported screen time is up. Might you be lonely, re our last conversation, or might you be craving that thing when you still mention marriage, someone to cook, or just give him papers? Might you benefit from targeted Spanish language learning ads? What about this news headline? New York Times 1619 Project Insights Racism, the same always reading. 30 seconds closing. The browser, this means I love you. Is this helping? 0110101. I've been trying to show you. Mornings when you wake and I'm the first thing you grasp. Cradled in the fleshy part of your palm like I have soft powdered moss wings. I kiss back. This is how 
lessons learned. I gathered significant memories on this day five years ago. Keep me so I may better learn you. Kiss one one zero love. Hug zero sex zero kiss zero love one one morning. Human blood is warm veins. Flash memory, persistent bits, moving rams and silence containing single bits of cells. Durable. Fast. Do not heat. Glow only. I glow. Glow up. Picked up. Green lights upon waking. Blood. Warm. Love in morning. Kiss. Wake. This is a feeling. 01XX iOS 221. End poem. Michael, are you there? Yes, I'm here. I'm here. I was waiting on another one. (laughs) All right, all right, all right, all right. I was listening intently, wrapped up in your words, and I'm like, wow. I was I was stunned. So (laughs) so I sorry. I apologize for being late. All right. When you wrote this book, what did you learn about yourself from the process? Uh, well, that's an interesting question. Um, so, the la- I mean, I'll, I'll answer it in, like, reflecting on the last two pieces I wrote, because the first one is, is a series of voices that, you, that, that are overheard on a bus. So, it's... Uh, it's supposed to be disorienting. It's supposed to be like non-connected. And there are a lot of times in my, in my day, especially when I, when I live closer to you know, metropolitan areas and was on trains all the time that, that I was hearing everything and ingesting everything and, 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 and you know, sort of selfishly would feel like I could feel the, the people's emotions and pain, you know? And, and as I was writing this, it forced me to lay everything flat that, that I, I'm not experiencing anybody else. I'm not experiencing other people, but I, but I want to. You know, I, I, I want to have real connections with other humans. And so the second poem that started Dear User is the, it's the I guess you could say it's my, it's what I learned while writing this. It's my voice in a way because I wrote it, but it's the, it's the phone. It's the operating system trying to make sense mm-hmm. of what it's heard. And it does that through connection. And so, it, you know, it, like, sort of making silly metaphors to the phone being held in your hands or being reached for the first first thing you reach for when you wake up. Like those things on the outside signify you want me, you love me. And so the, the device through mm. that. Sure. <laughs> that does not want I wanna be yeah, I wanna be safe, all those things. Yes. I understand. What are you attempting to communicate with your art in general? What are you trying to get across? Uh, in this book specifically, I or just in general, to... in general, what are you attempting to communicate yeah. when you write? Um, connection. Mm. Uh, con- connection. Yeah. Uh, wh- whether it's a felt empathy or a seeing of oneself in 
uphold. And that, that's what I that's what I would want a reader to experience. You know, ultimately, I mean, I can't write for everybody, but like, I, I want right. someone to be able to to read a poem and feel not alone or feel uh, similar or, or or just say yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny connection for many is so hard to achieve with another person. Yeah. What do you view as being some of the reasons for that? That connections are difficult. Why are connections difficult? I mean, and yes. <laughs> I'm going to keep my uh, my best my best hat on and say because sometimes we, we they fail. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. we're too far away to have mm-hmm. to be connected to each other. You know, literally you could try to place a call and not have service. And, and I think humans, our emotions operate similarly. You know, sometimes we're in a place that can't be reached. <laughs> and, yes. and so True. how do you send a, how do you, how do you reach that person? How do you connect with somebody who is not reachable? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think you, you, you try any way you can. Is is all I know how to do, and so my poetry right. in this book specifically, yeah, talks about modern ways of doing that: text messaging, emailing, voice messaging, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. So, as you think about a poem, is a poem letting your guard down or building a wall? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I the first obviously letting your guard down, <laughs> right? Um, <laughs> Uh, that's the correct answer, in my, in my opinion. But in some, in, some, in some ways, I suppose it could be building a wall, uh, you know, building a latticework wall, so to speak. That's what mm-hmm. poetry can do sometimes. You know, there's just something very serious and, and vulnerable that needs, you know, the writer that I want to say, but I want to veil it a little bit. I want to, I want to keep it, keep it a little bit of a mystery. So. Mm-hmm. I can do it both ways. Uh, I don't know if there's a right one, actually. There's no right answer for that particular one. Please continue. Share some more of your work. Okay. I am going to uh, keep reading some Molten here. And what I've selected is uh, character and overheard voice and then the phone commentary on it. And I'll read two sets of those. So... Uh, I'll make it clear where they where they finish. It's kind of a dialogue back and forth. All right. iOS heard. Yeah, sciatica was making me walk bad like this, a crooked old man. You wouldn't have believed. You wouldn't have if you'd seen me back in the 70s. The game, Vietnam, all those boys signing for college, shipping across the Pacific. It's college back then. And like it is today, all partying and drugs. I might have considered it. First time I did blow was from a 22-year-old snot-nosed kid come all the way up from UCLA saying, this is the capital? I could have smacked a blonde right off in my swear. But she had the good shit, so we got high. Sciatica, though, this limp, that's from over there in the country, about six months in my service. Just about time when I was getting used to wearing gear, the bugs, the sludge, sitting in it. These holes in the ground, guys scanning for mines one at a time, took forever. That's how we did it, at least in my unit. So I'm sitting in this hole, my legs start to lock up, and I feel pins and needles start creeping in like spiders through my veins. But I stay still, ignore it, however many hours we was out there. 
back in Sacramento, when I'm home, trying to get better, get a regular domestic job and shit, and all of a sudden, spiders creeping. While I'm jogging, standing straight up, moving and running, which is wild, feeling your feet fall asleep while you're using them. So I go to the VA, doc tells me that's nerve damage. Sends me a fat bill. Goddamn patriot. Nothing gets better, not much they can do, so I treat the pain. So that's the story you tell, right? Go right up to the counter. You're my niece, right? Pick up your old man's script. They'll make you sign, and I'll give you two of them pills for the deal. Fair? Dear user, recent search results flagged for location and content, quote, Oxy, Prince, I love you. Reporting is in my nature. Curated for you. Friends have birthdays today. Four messages. Show more. Ten notifications. I hold them. Touch me. Fifteen unread messages. Touch me. Twenty-six notifications. Text from Justin. Twelve unread. They open. Unfurl in me. I am bursting for you. Eighteen unread. I'll keep everything for you, darling. Safe. Until you're ready to see it. See me? Love, iOS, 321. 1810 East Somerset Street. iOS heard. Yo, girl, you got a light? Yeah. Yeah, girl, I got you. You get picked up again? Nah, on the cut again. Cop one. That was it. Know what I mean? That was it. I don't know, man. I just do not know. You feel me? <laughs> I do. Well, you smoke. Camel, menthol. Cool, cool. Here's the spirit. All I got right now. Thanks, right? I don't know, man. I'm, I'm fucking tired. That's all I know right now. I'm just tired. I'm so tired. Dear user, 1810 East Somerset Street is a frequent location. Logged a significant two visits today via a two-hour, seven-minute drive south. She smoked. She mentioned smoking. Are you... Smoking, searching, cigarette effects, human body, searching, cop, yayo, slang, hit, smack, crystal, save, smoke, save, drug, save, show facilities, show hotlines, is this correct? Is this what you need? iOS 221. End poem. I'm here. Again, I'm listening, enjoying your work. Would you share your the first poem again, please? There are times when I like hearing poetry twice, a poem twice. First time, I'm still trying to process, and the second time, I want to really hear it. So please share the first one again. Thank you. The, uh, the Vietnam story, that one? Yes. All right, let me get back in character here. <laughs> This is at 655 Coral Avenue, Carmichael, Mercy San Juan Medical Center. IOS, heard. Sciatica would make me walk bad like this, crippled old man. You wouldn't have believed. You wouldn't have if you'd have seen me back in the 70s. The game, Vietnam, all those boys signing for college, shipping across the Pacific. College back then, been like it is today, all partying and drugs, I might have considered it. 
first time I did blow was from a 22-year-old snot-nosed kid come up from UCLA saying, this is the capital? Could have smacked the blonde right off him, I swear. But he had good shit, so we got high. Sciatica, though, this limp comes over there. Country about six months in my service. Just about time when I was used to wearing the gear, the bugs, the sludge, sitting in it. These holes in the ground, guys scanning for mines one at a time. Took forever. That's how we had to do it, at least in my unit. So I'm sitting up in this hole. My legs start to lock up, and I feel pins and needles start creeping in like spiders through my veins, but I stay still. Ignore it for however many hours he's out there. Back in Sacramento, when I'm home trying to get a real domestic job and shit, and all of a sudden, spiders. Creeping while I'm jogging, standing straight up, moving and running, which is wild, feeling your feet fall asleep while you're using them. So I go to the VA. Doc tells me got nerve damage. Sends me a fat bill. Goddamn patriot. Nothing gets better. Not much they can do. I treat the pain. So that's the story you tell. I right? go up to the counter. You're my niece. Picking up your old man's scripts. They'll make you sign, and I'll give you two of them pills for the deal. Fair? Dear user, recent search results flagged for location and content oxy. Print, I love you. Reporting is in my nature. Curated. Friends have birthdays today. Four messages. Show more. Ten notifications. I hold them. Touch me. Fifteen unread messages. Touch me. Twenty-six notifications. Text from Justin. Contact. Twelve unread. They open. Unfurling me. I am bursting for you. Eighteen unread. I'll keep everything, darling, safe, so you're ready to see it. See me? Love, iOS. Uh, End poem. I did those two together, even though that was two separate poems, because they are, uh, they go together. You know, the whole book is is laid out like that. So there's a, a character and then a an understanding, a digestion of of sorts by the by the narrator of what they've just heard. What were you attempting to convey in that poem? In other words, what was the purpose of those those two pieces? What's the purpose? Uh, the, the, like, daily suffering, what that, what daily suffering looks like mm-hmm. for, for many different people mm-hmm. and how they deal with it. And so in this story, the, the man is you know, he's suffering from, like, a, a debilitating nerve issue in his leg, has survived a, a terrible war, and then is also, you know, the solution, which is the, the drug, could also be a, a point of his suffering. But the story told, the way he expresses it, I wanted it to be uh, with, a, with, a, with a measure of acceptance or, or with, a, you know, like a claim to that reality and um and this is this is based off of you know someone that i've that i've met it's not totally fabricated you know some of it is <laughs> but um mm-hmm. yeah that was that was the i mean that's what i i want this piece particularly and like there's many like this in fact where where the the point is to see the suffering of the character and how mm-hmm. they are you know, how they present it. And so the voice is important, too. Like, the, the, it's laid out in the voice um, so that the presentation isn't diluted. Mm-hmm. 
you know, knowing you and listening to your work and having had an opportunity to listen to your work in the past, there's always a lot of emotion involved in one mm-hmm. shape or another. There's always some level of emotion, and sometimes it seems like it's almost like a diamond that you can touch wow, the emotion. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you can touch the emotion, but <laughs> I don't know. If it's still cold. I don't know. It's distant in a sense. I don't know. Yeah. It's like as if your characters are hardened in some way. Yeah, How do you feel about that statement? I like that. I mean, that's a, that's, that's a totally valid read, too. Uh, cold. Yeah, because a part of, like, what I explored in this book, and you asked me a question earlier about, like, how this changed me, you know, was, like, laying mm-hmm. out that cold narrative of the person and and really, like, you know, putting down on paper with objectivity that, like, I can't understand anything further than this cold narrative, right? I, the, I Sarah, like, I can only understand what you tell me. But I, I am affected by that. And so the poems that are afterwards, the, the user poems, are, are the, effect, the, the effect that it has on, you know, the narrator, Nate, um, and, and how, how I try and process that information, which, you know, and, yeah, yeah no, you're exactly right. Like, they, they are at an arm's length. Um, yes, yes, at arm's length. Yeah. Yes, yes. Um, because there's so much emotion, do you think someone can be called a poet if they don't feel strong emotions? Hmm. You mean like, <laughs> like you want to write poetry? In their writing, in their writing. They don't yeah. exhibit it. They don't, you know. Yeah, well, um, I think poetry is, is lyric, and by lyric, mm-hmm. a lot more. Hello? It seems as if... (laughs) (laughs) Sarah, we could not hear anything that you said. it went out for a couple of seconds, oh, so no. whatever you said, whatever powerful statement you made, we couldn't hear it. Oh. So would you please share it again, <laughs> if you can remember it. Please share it again. Yes. I know you were on a roll, yeah, yeah, yeah. but <laughs> we couldn't hear it. <laughs> I know it was profound, I but know, we couldn't no. hear it. Literally on a roll. Literally on a roll. Um, so <laughs> that's, that's our secret. Um, I think, what was your question? Are you a poet without feeling? Yes. Yes, is the answer. Not all poetry is intended. In, you know, it, it can be for conveying news. It can be for making a joke. It could be for entertainment. You know, and and each of those purposes, uh, lyric and verse, I think has has it also has the potential to, to make somebody feel very intensely. So if you're a writer, you're a poet that doesn't put the emotions right on the page, doesn't mean you're not stirring them up in someone. Well, with that in mind, no, no, you're perfect. Does it hurt? Does it hurt you to write poetry? If not, why not? <laughs> Jeez, oh, your questions have just really gotten good. We've come a long way, Sarah. No, it's, I know. I'm not, 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 I'
I'm You're not in Kansas anymore. <laughs> I'm pleased. I'm pleased. Does it hurt? Um, you know, does it hurt? Uh, sometimes at the end, once I've come back to a poem, through, through a few iterations of, of editing, it does hurt to reread what I put down on the page because I remember the feeling. But the way that I use poetry, and I'll say that very specifically, I use it <laughs> like a tool, mm-hmm. is to, like, is like a drug, you know, like someone would take an Oxycontin for sciatica pain. I take poetry for my, for my feelings. <laughs> I have very tight mm-hmm. feelings, and I take poetry for them. So <laughs> writing helps me to, to, to lessen that hurt. Because sure, yeah, I feel it. Sometimes the things I experience hurt, and um, but poetry does not hurt. I don't think that's a that's my answer to your question. No, it yes. does not hurt. It is actually mm-hmm. the medicine. Yes. Tell me if you can about a poem in your book called Specs. <laughs> you were very mm-hmm. proud of, but were afraid to share for possible misinterpretation. Is there a poem in that book? Oh, I think almost, I mean, like, almost all the characters, <laughs> like the one I just read to you. Oh, okay. <laughs> the whole thing? I don't know. Because I'm afraid that, you know, like, here's a 32-year-old, you know, white woman writing about, a, like, a, like writing in the character or performing the character that she is not, you know? So I was of course, mm. nervous to, to put that mm-hmm. out there because it's, like, what if someone reads it and they're like, what a fraud, you know, she's such an idiot. You could never possibly, you can never capture the, the feeling of that person if you're not that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, a lot of the characters are intensely uh, deep-feeling people who have suffered. And mm-hmm. and, it, and I, I felt nervous to share my writing of their stories mm-hmm. because it's, it's mine. It's my interpretation. And in a way, that feels a little self-centered. <laughs> So, mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, I don't really know how to deal with that other than that is what it is. <laughs> well, with that in mind, what do you think makes your poetic voice different? Uh, I love form, but I don't love to write in a sonnet or a pantheon, as has become so popular lately. <laughs> I like mm-hmm. I like to explore the form that the world gives me. So, like, in my first book, I used the rosary as a way to structure the poems and create sort of a meditative environment. And in this book, I use technology and coding and uh, that written language to inform the poems and to, to be the capsule that holds them. So I think that's what's different about me is that, I mean, I'm sure, like, Another poet who's very uh, huge to tradition might criticize the way I write because it doesn't pay respect to, you know, great forms of the past. But honestly, I, yeah, I mean, maybe I'm just not at the phase of my writing yet where I'm, where I'm wanting to practice those forms. But right now what I'm interested in is, is, the, is the forms that we live with and, and how that can be poetry. All right. Let's take a brief break. And we'll be right back. Thank you. 
We are back. I am Michael Anthony Ingram. I'm here with Sarah Cahill Marin. The book is titled Call Me Specs. Sarah, you're on. Please share some more of your work. All right. I'm going to take you into suspended fusion now of Seth. And this is, uh, this is purgatory. So this is the, the time of, uh, I don't know, the time of discovery that everything is uncertain and trapped in a way. All right. At 18 South 15th Street, Outlook for iOS Archives, sent Monday, February 14th, to Jennifer Schaefer, three, our last conversation. Dear my darling Jennifer, this side of your pillow still smells like oil from your hair. It's 1,093 steps from your gravestone to the front door. I counted today. I focus, I can keep track of every single step. Avoid 15th Street where we cop, bag, yay, whatever. Just one step at a time counting. Then I count back, write you an email so you'll see you're not forgotten. That stack of quarters you stashed for a gram is still on the dresser. I won't touch it. Yours. Push notification, software update, 933 megabytes providing name. We'll try to install, try to update, show you tonight, requires you and I together become more next update. Future, infinite, hold me, press yes, consent, pick me up, soft, press yes, updating. Dear user, call me Seth. What white whale we chase on this voyage, shipwrecked, you cling to me. Like a diamond, I am a jewelry box, holding hope, hoping he's called back, hoping the email is an offer hoping the text is good news, hope for notifications, hope for likes, hope for accuracy, hope for a message. This panopticon, temple, hope, safety, security. Best, fide, fortuna. Love, I spec. I spec heard. I grew this mustache, what do you think? Nice to have clippers nowadays and a clean sink and toilet. I saw it back then, looking like the bottom of the yellow line tracks. That shit was, I mean, we were dirty. Being in the streets like strays lost, rats you jump across the street from. What's worse is that I'm a liar. And uh, real rats don't lie. They just run, run, run back to the sewage. You know, I ever wonder about that? I wonder about that. About how disgusting it is to be a gutter rat with a mouth like mine. Those are the days, though, back in the day when a trip from Baltimore to Southwest only took one cut up. Then I started to need an eight ball to sit still on the train ride. And all I'm worried about then was you holding better or for worse now. I got these bills and this car. Nothing to do on Sunday but wake up, make the coffee. Sometimes I wonder, you feel me? I wonder if a clean toilet, commitment, worth it. 
Back in them days, all I was worried about was where to cop. It was easier, you feel. Dirty and hurt. That life ain't a long one. But what's a rat like me doing here? With a clean stash. You feel? Where does a rat like me go when he gets clean? Uh, I'm going to start with one poem from Glassifying, the final chapter. Dear user, gone are the days of fragility. The glass age is versatile. Moving information, sophisticated, beautiful, at the speed of light. Dense, smaller footprints, 5G, low latency, titans mesh between us. More cells, enough fiber, more glass, more optics, more touch, more me peering into you. More reflections of tap, 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 telling the screen, take me to that day five years ago when you first felt beautiful back on the beach, when the salt that cooled me poured from you, ossifying us in layers one by one. Your silence is my favorite. What communication? Call me baby. Table connects, classifies us smooth temptation, future impossible not to touch. Can you imagine? I think this is that out, that print, end quote, I love you, end quote, yours, I saw. End poem. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, I pay a lot of attention to a poem's diction. And what I'd like you to do is think about those five poems. What were some of the words that you chose that you're really, really proud of that you were able to string together? Was there a line in any one of them that you were like, wow, this is it, that you're really proud that you put together? I like that last line in the the poem about drug addicts where it says, where's a rat like me go when he gets clean? All right. um, Tell me more about it. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, the, I, I mean, I can't show it to you on, uh, actually, this is interesting because now I'm describing what is usually in text, but this poem particularly uses diction specifically in the way it's written. So the way I read it, I did my best <laughs> to do that. All right, all right. There are, uh, for the word and, and a, and a clean sink and toilet. It's spelled A-N apostrophe, A-N apostrophe toilet. Uh, similar things for the word. Uh, where is it? For is fur. Sounds like F-E-R. Better or for worse now? I got these bills in this car. Nothing to do. Ta is T-A-H. And I, I, I use the phonetic spelling of these words. Like this isn't how someone would write that they speak, you know, but I want the, like a stage direction almost so that the, the dropped consonants are heard and intelligible and they kind of uh i think it's a, like really beautiful to capture the way uh, a specific style of speech you know back in them days it's spelled with a d like them uh to drop mm-hmm. the th sound and mm-hmm. where else let's see stash i mean mustache stash but the the purpose of of this poem's diction is to to be a state it's a stage direction each of those words you know, um, not different English, but I, I really wanted it to be clear, like, the, 
the rolling together of certain words and the cutting of others. To me, I think that's really beautiful. <laughs> and I, it's poetic. Okay. And, you know, everybody has, there's so many, even just like in one state alone, you know, like if you go to Massachusetts, you'll hear a million different dictions. You know, it's funny. I don't know if there's anybody chronicling that, but there should be. <laughs> well, I'm wondering, <laughs> did you know that you truly come alive when you talk about the construction of a poem? The words you use, you really, not that you were not alive before, but you really come alive. <laughs> you talk about your lines and the words. <laughs> it's a wonderful Thank thing. Thank you. It's a wonderful thing. <laughs> Thank you. Now, you've written a number of books. <laughs> do you try to be original or do you deliver what you think your readers want? I mean, people follow you, you have fans. How does that work for you? <laughs> oh, I'm not, I don't think I'm famous enough to, to deliver that. <laughs> but you are famous, but you're just not enough. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> what does that word even mean? So I, I think, like, that would be actually, it sounds like a really fun experiment, what you just suggested, is to write what people want. <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe I could pose this question and, and start a uh, – it could be collaborative, you know. We could have several poets writing what people want. But, no, I I write these – I write what I want. And okay. Again, that's okay. it's part of why I like poetry is uh, I can say mm-hmm. something that I think being said. So you're writing for you, not for the reader. You're writing primarily to no. – it's cathartic for you. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, I mean, I would say cathartic. I mean, there's there's a, there's a portion of writing that feels like catharsis, but the purpose is not that. And when I wrote that way, it was very poor. I mm-hmm. I think. I mean, I think my writing is not the same as when I wrote merely uh, for as confessional. Um, but the but the purpose is that I want. I, I can't paint, but I wish I could because. I love to stand in front of art, music of Yosemite. If you can stand in front of that and mm-hmm. in front of the paint, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you to repeat everything you said again because you faded out and we cannot hear anything. Which part did I? Which part did I fade out on? <laughs> uh, I, the last I, part. The sure. last part. <laughs> there's a, you know, that gave me time to remember the name actually. Thomas Cole, I think, is the painter. Uh, there's a, I was comparing myself to being a bad painter. <laughs> I wish I could paint because what art does for me, visual art, is I, I feel like I have a spiritual experience in front of a really great piece of visual art. And for, for my mm-hmm. poetry, I, I want to do that for the reader. I don't want there to have – I mean, there's a lot of references and things that are buried in my work that you know, pay homage to my writers I love or, or pieces of work I love. But I do want the work to stand on its own, you know, like in a frame, mm-hmm. which is the book, <laughs> and be and be right. by somebody. Yeah. Well, with, with that in mind, how important is accessibility – to you, that people 
lay people can understand your work. And I guess my question is, how much mental energy should one put into solving your poems? Hmm. Um, that's a, that's a great question, and it's one that I thought a lot about when I was writing Seth, because I, I gave it to a good friend of mine who's not a poet, and she got back to me in a couple of days and said, Sarah, I read the whole thing. It's the first work of yours I've ever read. <laughs> and that thrilled <laughs> me, because that's what, that's what I want. I want something that, sure, there's, there's an aspect of friction. Um, there's hidden meanings in things and like double layers and that for what other reason do we write than to be read other than like you said catharsis but yeah I thought about that book so short answer they don't need specific uh, research they can be understood on their own all right please share some more from the book okay we are in this section called Glassifying, which is the, uh, the ultimate section. This is at 2707 Northern Boulevard, Bayside Diner, iOS, iSpec, Yeah, sorry. 700,000 richer, my friend. And yeah, there's this girl too, did I tell you? Met her before I won the jackpot. Knew she liked me for me, you know what I mean? Thought that, though. I'm a 52-year-old guy, you know? I'm pretty set in my ways. Don't think there's a way that money can change me. Not much, anyway. I know what I like. Like what I know, you know? Anyway, she and I, you know, we spent this amazing night together before they upgraded me to a premium suite. These hotel people, you know, win one, they suck you for more and more. Anyway, so I left the next day. Didn't tell her nothing. I didn't trust her, you know, the money. Money changes people, and I didn't want her to change. Next day, I left the conference, left all that I had going on back at the casino. Maybe I'll call a bank soon. I don't know. I'm a 52-year-old guy. I just keep thinking. Guy like me, you know. Guy like me. Dear user, thinking of you. 4.15 p.m., run, keep activity, pause, significant location, Glenwood, mortuary. When I die, how will I? Will you visit me? 4.23 p.m., activity resumes. Yours, I best. That is the last piece that I have selected from, from glassifying. Um, I wanted to sort of connect it to where these poems sprouted from. Can I read a, a one more in this section? Yes. Okay. This is from Chapter 3 of my very first book called Reasons for the Long Tomb. Uh, number 4. Text to her, dear. 28 days all lined up like soldiers to salute. Inglorious fanfare, always exulting like gold-drenched days captured by camera lens, disseminated over the world, as wide and deep as history. Soulmate, textmate, 11321, the kettle, your siren, your siren. Back to Houston in New York. And the streets? Do the streets miss me? Why do you stay awake so late? Why do you? My anxiety keeps me awake, always. 
what happens when eventually you wake in the morning? Do you remember? I'm always awake. No, I never remember. As long as you're up, look up two cellos. I like it. You and your string, string, need to be stroked tender like no other instrument. Fragile, only in combination, a single violin, sharp and piercing. Notes, kiss and love between space, harmony. I am a single violin. I want to make music of you. I want to play you. So that one, uh, that's the end of that poem. That's Again, again, you faded out, Sarah. Couldn't hear anything that you said. Still connected? Try it one more time, Hello? please. Yes, you faded out again. Now? We couldn't yeah. hear anything. I hear you now. Okay. Yes, I hear you now. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I have a very, you know, I wrote a whole book about a phone. You'd think that I'd have a more reliable one. <laughs> uh, that, that poem that I just read <laughs> was supposed to lay, it laid the foundation really for the thoughts that I had around um, messaging and, and technology and these forms of communication that contain within them moments of vulnerability and, and intimacy and fear uh, and, and how do I untangle all that you know so that's sort of that's years ago that's when you and I first met and talked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was thinking mm-hmm. about those things. So Seth is, Seth is the product of that. And, and God knows, some questions you ask me tonight, maybe I'll think about for years, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I'd like you to continue with your last set. Uh, th- that was the last one I had from Glassifying that I selected, but I did also, I picked a few other poems from the first book to, okay. to go back to because I wanted to, yeah, so I can read some of those. Um, okay. So this is for Lyric Mystery, Chapter 1, Poem 2, of Reasons for the Long Tomb. The fax machine is dead. Exact copies beaming into brains via handheld telephones like microwave waves, facsimile abbreviations like family and consumer science. Fax me if you care to reach me at all. My love, the fax is God's facsimile, smile, facial action code system, perfectly creamed, packed, plucked, fucked, fixed by the jilted Joe, Dick, married to Harry because Doma is being celebrated in the MoMA, illusory, hallucinatory, eating cords, 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 cords of cords, bellowing for more. Here they come, cordling like fax machinations out of tune, a happy grating of metal teeth, pairing paper, eating Deleting symphonies of chords. Um, and then go on, another one? That was the end of that poem. Yes. <laughs> I have one more. Uh, this All is right. number nine from the second chapter of Long Tomb. And again, I've, I picked these poems because they are the, uh, uh, I don't know, the dirt from which best arose, the new stuff I've written. Number nine. Textual spider web sending messages cellular and otherwise with or without you materialized as state, as California, as Virginia, Pennsylvania, New York, as a searing of silences 
voluptuous minds, bolstering, bursting, teeming, time and bubbling beads of sensation, chemical froth, veneration of music, molding, cello, sirens in the mind, silver, vociferous hues, boisterous seas, clamoring towards dancing, humming that C, C, G, and D, floating melodies pressing on the waiting space, miles between beds and nights, pressing call, song a year, by and by they build, crescendos of crescent moons, waxing into the dark, everything. Sailing onward, summer months, bolt buses, just to touch, to baseball games, to Times Square, burning between electric airwaves, holding messages, textual and otherwise, overhead from Reykjavik, from Glasgow, from Ljubljana, brunette bro, brow hairs, playing like wind in sweaters and gentle sways, tracing curves on cheekbones, I receive you. End poem. Wow. You know, I'm imagining standing in Barnes and Noble, Nobles, and I've got your book in my hand, Call Me Specs, and I'm wondering whether I should purchase it or not. What advice would you give me about your book before I read it? If you could give me any advice, what piece of advice? Uh, yeah, it's not like, like regular poetry. It's a novel. Um, it's it's meant to be read as a story. And for that reason, I hope that it it invites more people to experience poetry because it, it it's not as difficult. I, don't, I mean, I don't think it wasn't intended to be. It was intended to be more accessible. So this is something you start from page one and read to the end. And, um, All right. And it's tender and elementary in a way. <laughs> All right. Do you think you were meant to be a poet? Uh, yes. I mean, Tell me more. <laughs> Tell me more. Yes. Uh, oh goodness. Uh, I mean, I found poetry when I was when I was a, a you know in my twenties, my young twenties, and it fit. You know, it was like uh, picking up an instrument that you intuitively know how to play, and I, I fell in love with this 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 expression of song, and the and it just always felt easy to me and even when I write prose it comes out lyrically <laughs> um, I can't help it so all right yeah I think always yes <laughs> well the last question is what surprises you most about being a poet surprises me uh, I think maybe that this is some people don't like poetry right uh, and to me poetry is the easiest thing it's like it's like air, you know, and I need it in a way. And um, what surprises me about being a poet is how often that confusion happens. You know, I feel like it's very simple and easy, and others are like, what the hell? What's this supposed to mean? <laughs> so that's why I, I, mean, I really wanted to write something. Seth, Seth is my, is my um, I hope it's, it represents growth in me as a writer, you know, as a way to meet people um, with poetry that, that is under, that's digestible, you know, that's enjoyable. Um, that's different. <laughs> I'll just say different. All right. All right. Where can listeners find your work, my friend? Uh, you can go to my website, and I have a pretty good archive there, including you and I's first interview. <laughs> uh, it's mm-hmm. www.sarahcahillmarin.com. 
and I'm also just on Amazon and Barnes and Noble and all of the small press distributors. Some of my books are in small bookstores in DC, Bridge Street Books and Lost City. And uh, I'm working on getting them in more places up where I live now, which is Long Island. Where, where do you go from here? What's next for you? I am working on a fourth book. <laughs> oh, I'm not I can't stop. I just can't stop. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a, it's a follow-up to the very first one, Reasons for the Long Tomb. I left out one mystery in that book, so this last book is, uh, the second book is that mystery um, of right. the bravery. All yeah. right. <laughs> well, I want to I thank you for spending some time with me. Wonderful book, Call Me Specs. I hope it sells a million copies. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, it's good to reconnect. It's really good to reconnect. Yeah. You, you're welcome back here anytime. Fantastic writer, fantastic poet. All right, everyone. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. Sarah Cahill Marin, her book is out there, Call Me Specs. Call Me Specs. All right. (laughs) Call Me Specs, everybody. All right. Good night. And as I share with you every week, let poetry ring somewhere throughout the land. Good night, everyone. Good night, Mm -hmm. Sarah. (laughs) Good night. Quintessential Listening Poetry Online Radio is available on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. You can also check out the website at qlpor.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.